Got a secret, can you keep it? Swear this one you'll save Better lock it in your pocket Taking this one to the grave If I show you, then I know you won't tell what I said Cause two can keep a secret if one of them is dead Tam, I have a secret that's weighing on me and I need to tell someone Okay, tell me But I promised I wouldn't Okay, then don't but it's driving me crazy. Too bad you're not Catholic. You could confess it to a priest. That's a great idea. You're Catholic, I'll confess it to you. This is America. Welcome to American History X. I'm your host, Antoine. Made it to the fourth episode. I wanted to say this last episode, but I didn't. For people just coming in to watch, watch American History X, I think it's good for you to start on the first episode, the red pill, because I'm trying to do my episodes in chronological order. But if by saying that you could say that, you know, if you look at the timeline, the Godfather probably should have been the second episode. But I don't think we were ready for that episode yet. So we're on the fourth episode right now. And it's titled. Loose lips sink ships. Have you ever known that? I think everybody has that guy or girl that you know just talks too much. You know, it's like they, you want to tell that person a secret and you knowing you probably should. But for some reason at the time, he's like the only person around. And you say, OK, I want to just tell tell them that secret. I mean, I could vouch for that because I am that guy. If you got secrets, don't tell me. You know, it's the old saying in the South that some people can't hold water. Well, I'm that guy, too. But that's who Captain Morgan was. Captain William H. Morgan. Not talking about the Captain Morgan with the foot up on the liquor bottle. We're not talking about that Captain Morgan. We're talking about he was a captain in the War of 1812. And somewhere around he after the war, he went to Rochester, New York. And some say that's where he became a Freemason. One note, one thing about Captain Morgan that I think is important. He talked a lot. He had a big mouth. He was uneducated. You would often find him at the bars telling stories. So if you would think that this guy is not a candidate that Masons normally choose, they like to choose educated people and, and people that don't go out to bars and talk a lot. So he was like, probably if he did join, cause it's, it's some say he didn't join. So they didn't give him credit sometimes. And sometimes you can find he was a Mason, you know, but this is about his story. Captain Morgan went to Rochester. This is where he says he joined the Freemasons. So he helped establish the, the lounge out in Rochester. But when it was time to come to where he was from, Batavia, New York, and in their lounge. So as they look at the, all the records, because he's like, hey, hey, I'm on the records. I'm, I'm a Mason. He was nowhere to be found. And this caused them to kick him out. They wouldn't let him in. And this made him angry. And the last thing you want to do to somebody that talks a lot 
is to make them angry. They made him angry. So he threatened, you know what? Y'all won't let me in. That's cool. But I'm going to write a book. It was like it called Illustration of Freemasonry. And it explained the four, the three degrees. And it had the procedures with pictures inside the book. And one thing about when you take oath to this society, you're sworn to secrecy. You know what we do behind at this point, you can't tell nobody. So they took this to heart. And once they found out, they tried everything. They tried to do everything to prevent him from letting out this book. They even went to the links of, of the press place that, that they were trying to press the book. They wanted to burn it down. And at the time, they they intertwined with the police. So they had the police first pull him over. He got arrested for some small things. They went to court. They threw it out. But the second time, they got him arrested again for a tie being stolen, a $2 tie. They had this guy arrested. So they threw him in jail. And they didn't have nobody. He didn't have nobody to check him out. I guess uh, to bail him out. I guess at the time, nobody had the $2 to bail him out. So guess what? The Masons got together and they bailed him out. And that was the last time anyone saw Captain Morgan. As time went on, the family went to look for him. Like, like you know, we know that his wife was angry because he had a wife and kids. Like, where's my husband at? Because the last time, you know, anyone saw him, eyewitness said they saw him getting took out of the jail. One guy had his arm and he was screaming murderers, you know? So they wanted to know what happened to my husband. So on his deathbed, a man named Henry Valance, actually confessed to these murders. He said that we picked him up, we took him out, and, and we gave him we gave him a moment of silence. We gave him time to reflect back on what he did. And there, Captain Morgan begged and he pleaded for his life. He said, I have a family. I have a wife and kids. And they he said they screamed, well, you should have thought about that before you told our secrets. And they went on and they proceeded to drown him. And I think the later on, his body was found in Niagara Falls. So Masons came in, kidnapped him and murdered this guy for writing a book and telling their secrets. So at the time, the family wanted justice. So his wife went to the police station, but he, she couldn't like the police were Masons. So she got no justice. And then she went to the courthouse. The courthouse was Masons, and he took it up to the Congress and, you know, the procedures, the chain of command. They took it all the way up to the top. But at the top were Freemasons. So she could not get any justice for this crime. And at the time, John Quincy Adams, he was the sixth president of the United States. And he looked into this. And he saw that it, he, he was he was outraged by how could somebody come into someone's house kid, or come into a jail cell, kidnap him, murder him and get away stone free. 
it, it, it just bothered him so much that he wrote letters. Even you can go right now and search John Quincy Adams letter, his anti-Masonic letter, and you can find it, his actual facts. So, I mean, I think, you know, people look at these, 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 these stories and because they're not told and they think that they're just stories. No, these are actual events that took place in America. Even going back to the second episode uh, or the the third episode, The Godfather, Francis Bacon. I know it seems out there, but it's not. You know, I, I'm just here. I'm not here to persuade you. I'm just here to inform you. So. John Adams was he was outraged. He said, you know what? If we want justice, we're going to have to start doing it ourselves. You know, we have to somehow break away from the Masons. So that's where he established a whole new political party. And you can look it up yourself. You know, initially it was like just straight up blunt. We're the anti-Masonic party. But later on, they changed it to the Whig Party. And under the Whig Party, we had, okay, not counting the vice presidents to the presidential candidates that were with the Whig Party. So we had technically, I think it's like four slash five presidents that were part of the Whig Party. But I want to count the ones that were actually, you know, elected, not the vice presidents that were Whig parties that somehow had to assume the position, the position of president because something happened to the presidents. You know, you know where I'm getting at. So the first candidate, Henry Harris, he became the ninth president of the United States. He was Whig party, you know, and this is this is where the story kind of gets a little conspiracy theory. They they say, OK, not they say he had the longest inauguration speech even to this day. And at the time prior to Reagan, Ronald Reagan, he was the oldest president to get inaugurated. So it was raining that day. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to give all the excuses that they gave. So it was raining that day. Had the longest inauguration speech. He rode through on a horse. He didn't wear a hat. He, you know, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. And right after the inauguration, he got sick and he died. No lie. Shortest president in history. He's technically, you can't even say he served a month because all he did was an inauguration speech. He got sick. He said he had pneumonia. And he died a month later. Crazy thing is, they dug his body up and they did research in 2014. And they declared it, I guess I said, outside the White House, it was a sewage. And somehow they were getting water out of that, from that sewage to give to the, <laughs> to the presidents. You would think that they would know not to give the presidents like bad water, but they did. So they say he really didn't die from pneumonia. He died from a stomach issue. 
from supposedly the water. So that was the first president that served under the Whig Party. His vice president was also Whig Party, too. But you know what? If you see it's like this, if you see the person in front of you standing up for a certain thing and then he dies, you're going to just, you know, if you're going to still do your job, but you're not going to really do your job. You know, you're not going to push any issues. You're just going to just chill, chill mode. Because one thing, most of the anti-Mexotic party is they didn't believe in slavery. They didn't want say slavery. So, you know, that's just food for thought. But the second president that served under the Whig Party actually was the 12th president of the United States. His name was Zachary Taylor. You know, good guy. They used to call him rough and ready. You know, he was ready, ready to go to war, ready. Former, the, the um, Whig Party, liked, they liked to use former generals and stuff to be their candidates. So he was rough and ready from Kentucky, ready to roll. So he died, too. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. This so you you can say this. Okay, so right now let's do a quick recap. Two presidents, part of the new anti-Masonic party. You look it up, Google it, you'll see that it says these guys served under the anti-Masonic party slash Whig Party, or they will just say Whig Party. But anytime you see Whig Party, that means anti-masonic party you can't make this up so right now we're 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 two for two two in two out and zachary taylor his story he served a year and five months inside the white house too so we can say a year and a half he made it and they did a recap on, on, on him you know because he died of of stomach problems too yeah that's that that's very interesting. So they recap. They said that morning, you know, he felt good and he had breakfast. He was fine. He had water and something else for breakfast. And then he came back home because one thing that Zachary Taylor did, old rough and ready, he liked cherries and milk. You know, he liked his cherries and milk. So they were saying either the cherries were washed off in, in the contaminated water or he drunk it. Well, nevertheless, he died of stomach issues. How about that? That's that's the second one. I'm not saying I'm not a conspiracy. I, I mean, I guess I can't say I'm not a conspiracy theory. I just call it unpopular truth because yet and still. You can't find this. You you can't find any history book that tell you this. You just find, oh, well, they just died. And they actually dug up Zachary Taylor's body, tested for, what was it, some kind of poison. I, I, I'll get back with that on the next episode to follow up. Tested it for that just that one certain poison. And, of course, it wasn't. So they put him back to grave. But one year, six months. So right now we got a total of two presidents, Whig Party. One died one month. One died a year and six months. And the last president, you could say, okay, he started off the Whig Party. And if you look up what party this president belonged to, 
they'll say, oh, it's the new Democratic, but one party said the, the union of some kind of party. But he started off Whig Party. And this is the one, this is the popular president. Every, everyone should know, you're going to know who this president was. Oh, honest Abe. <laughs> we know what happened. We, have, we know what happened to honest Abe. He, uh, he didn't make it. Nah, he didn't. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, you, you, can, you can not link it to the anti-Masonic party, or you can say, like, this guy is is on to something. So now we're three for, don't count the vice presidents, because that's default. You're a default president. So we, we're not counting that. You didn't get, he didn't get elected in. So I'm not giving the vice presidents to the following any credit. But Honest Abe was Whig party. And this is the crazy thing that John Wilkes Booth, right? John Wilkes Booth was the guy that shot Abraham Lincoln. But guess what? John Wilkes Booth was a 33rd degree Mason. You cannot make this up. I mean, this, you know, why does it take just some random guy to, to, to uncrack codes, you know, that, why am I telling y'all this? And why haven't you heard this? So yeah, John Wilkes Booth, the one who assassinated Abraham Lincoln, was a 33rd degree Mason. And it's tricky because like you're going on YouTube or Google. Google's first going to say, no, he wasn't. No. Nah. And then you go down, yes, he was. He was 33rd. So to go from a no all the way to a 33rd degree, yeah, he he was amazing, and you know this is this is the I I got this part off the History Channel. You can say conspiracy, you can call it what you want. So after John Wilkes Booth assassinated Honest Abe, he they he died. They said he died or burnt down. I, I don't really know the real that that story of it, but in reality. He didn't die. They let him escape because he did a deed that he was supposed to do, a job well done. And he disappeared. But it was a tell that this one man, he was going around telling people that I may have killed the greatest man that ever lived. He couldn't keep it a secret. He couldn't. He couldn't. It, 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 it ate at him. So he went everywhere he went. He just like, ah, man, he couldn't, he, he couldn't, he couldn't shut up. He felt bad for what he did. He felt bad for killing Honest Abe. So technically he didn't die until they sent another Mason out to find him. And I'm sure everyone heard of this Mason, good old Jesse James. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you heard me right. The outlaw. He technically was a Freemason, too. So he got hired to hunt down John Wilkes Booth and finally murder him. You know, he got killed. He said, you know, you know what this is. When you when he when they met, he like, you know, I have to do what I have to do. You talked and I'm here to, you know, make sure you don't talk no more. Allegedly, they said after he was dead. John Wilkes Booth's body was, you know how those little circuses that go around, little freak shows, 
they mummified this guy and they carried his body around saying that he was the man that killed Abraham Lincoln. No lie. You can't make this stuff up. Look it up yourself. So, and in a recap, and I think it's funny because in my life, I never voted before. I almost voted the last time, but I think I registered too late because I always knew known that Democrat, Republican, it really is like a hamburger cheeseburger. One of us got cheese, one of us don't. Same thing. And literally, it is the same thing. I think the, and, and I'm not want to be biased, and I don't want to sound like a Trumper, you know, because I wasn't necessarily a Trumper. I thought he was just in line of all the other, you know, puppets. Because I think initially I said, you know, it was always one in the White House, one away from the top. No, except those times, it wasn't one away from the top when the Whig Party were president. I think Honest Abe, his um, vice president was actually, I can't think of his name, but he might have been, you know, one of one of the brothers. But yeah, hamburger, cheeseburger, Democrat, Republican. And maybe I, I was in Korea when Donald Trump was on stage and he looked at that uh, whatever Bush was running for president at that time. And he said, it's your fault. Your daddy was in charge when Iraq happened. I'm like, this dude's about to get murdered, you know? And, and then the Bush at that time, like, don't talk about my daddy. Like he's freaking 12 years old. But, um, like I'm not taking shots at politics. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to be a non-biased person. That's what I'm trying to show you. But I did see a difference in a man. I'm not saying that I was all way for him, but I seen the difference in Trump, you know, and he also because he attacked Republicans and he came back and he attacked old, um, Hillary Clinton. He said she should be in jail. And I got an episode about the WikiLeaks, the Pizzagate. Yeah. And after that episode, you're going to say, you know what? She probably should have been in jail. I'm not trying to persuade you. Not trying to, it's the old saying is, I, you can lead a horse to the water or the well, but you can't make it, make the horse drink it. Frankly, I could, I could care less about the insults that Donald Trump gives to me. It's blood sport for him. He enjoys it, and I'm glad he's happy about it. He but I am sick and tired, I am sick and tired of him going after my family. My dad is the greatest man alive in my mind. And while, while Donald Trump was building a reality TV show, my brother was building a security apparatus to keep us safe, and I'm proud of what he did. And he's had the gall to go the after World my Trade mother. Center came he's down had the gall to go after reign. my Remember mother. That. Hold on. Let me finish this. He's had the gall to go after my mother. That's not keeping Look, us safe. Look, I won safe. the lottery when I... This is America.